Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Adrian, if you don't know who I am. Uh, basically, we're going to do things uh, slightly differently over the coming weeks if you're a regular here. If you aren't a regular here, you will know no difference. Uh, but we're basically going to, in terms of these moments where we normally uh, turn and look at God's Word, the Bible, and see how it's there to both uh, reveal more of the wonder of who God is, and then out of that to shape how we then live. Uh, normally, we kind of give quite an extended bit of time to do that, but um, as I'm going to go on to show, uh, we're going to do things slightly differently, and so we're going to uh, use briefer moments uh, to look at particular things within the Bible uh, and have different individuals who share each Sunday. And so if you've got a stopwatch, you can start me off if you want in a moment, in that I'm literally allowed to speak for 10 minutes, uh, which if you're a regular here, you know, man, that is going to be a miracle if that happens. Uh, but... Um, I don't want response from that one. Um, there's, that we can do that. And after I've shared, I'll then get us to pause for a moment, and then uh, I'm going to introduce Abby, who's then going to share again for 10 minutes. And we're going to do that. Because what we're going to do is we're starting a new series this Sunday that will head us into the summer uh, that we've entitled Pace. Now, before we explain a bit, and actually my talk is all about explaining why we're looking at this whole area of pace, um, I want to just kind of set it in context. You see, it is connected with where we've been as a church community this year in terms of our preaching series. You see, if you've been around us, you'll know that we've been uh, in an extended period of time, the letter written by Paul to the Colossian church, uh, which we'd entitled, uh, Jesus Changes Everything Full Stop. And, and in it, we begun to realize how much Jesus has done, how Jesus has changed everything for everyone forever. And therefore, the invitation is to live in light of that, that his life, death, and resurrection are there to reshape your life and mine. But not only that, the whole of the universe. And in it, we then from, went from that series into a mini-series looking at the person of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is there longing to work within us in order that we'd live in the good of everything that Jesus has done in changing everything for us, full stop. And therefore, it's with those things in mind that we're going to get to look into this series. But also, it's not only connected with where we've been in terms of our preaching series. It's also connected to what God's speaking to us about as a family, as a community at the moment. And so, if you're regular here, you'll know that God has been speaking to us, and these are headline terms, uh, in respect to a new chapter kind of starting for us as a church. And that chapter is to be characterized by us stepping up into what God has for us to do, uh, both in our individual lives, in the unique places that God has placed us, but also within this city, the nation and the nations. And I thought that's a big call. And with it, and particularly this last week, where we've given ourselves as a community to praying, that God's also been speaking to us about, actually, if we're to be those that step up, we also need to be those that step in. Step into more of who we are as a result of who God is and how he shapes our life. And it's with that in mind also that we're getting into this series that we've entitled Pace. You see, what we want us to do is over these coming weeks is to realize that actually the rhythm of which we live with actually enables us or actually kind of endangers us in terms of our ability to live in both the good of who God is and the good of what God's got for us to do. And therefore, it's that in mind that I want us to look at this series on pace, where we're going to be examining week on week different elements of how we're to pace our lives in terms of different disciplines, 
Disciplines that aren't to kind of think, oh man, this is a chore, but actually an invitation to live in the good of the life that Jesus has for us. Therefore, I want to start by just asking us a question. And it's this, how are you and I running in pursuit of Jesus? I want us just in a moment just to take literally 20 seconds to think and consider that question. Maybe we've come this morning and we're saying, well, I'm not actually running pursuit of Jesus. I'm, I'm just here because I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. Well, maybe this moment is a moment that begins to reveal something of who Jesus is and the life that he's inviting you to know. But for many of us, we'd say, yeah, we've centered our life on Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. The question is, how are we running in pursuit of him? 20 seconds. Therefore, I want to, in this moment, kind of give us some encouragement in how we can ensure that we're running in the right way, pursuing Jesus. And some of it I'm going to kind of do in headline form, and it's then going to be detailed through the different talks that we're going to get to hear over the coming weeks of how we live in pace. But I want to kind of start us off by looking at a passage that Paul writes to the Philippian church uh, in Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14, where he uses this illustration of our life with Jesus being like that of a race. And in a race, we need to understand that it's about running, but it's also about the finishing line. And Paul kind of talks about this in this different language, and so we're going to look at that and then hopefully give some things that I think will help us. In Philippians 3, 12 to 14, Paul writes this, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the price for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Paul wants us to understand that in us basing, centering our lives on Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and then calls us up into this life where we get to pursue who Jesus is, actively, daily, moment by moment, understanding that we're to live with this focus and perspective that fills our gaze of the prize that we're going after. A prize that one day we'll get in its fullest when we finally meet Jesus, but a prize that is to continuously characterize our lives as we're pursuing Jesus. So firstly, let's look at then that, that prize. See, Paul says the prize that we're going after isn't just simply a trophy or a crown or a reputation. No, the prize is someone. It's Jesus. Paul, earlier in Philippians, says, actually, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That everything of who I am, everything that I'm seeking to be, is all about Jesus. And he says, actually, it's Jesus who is to fill our gaze. He's the prize above all prizes. It's not promotion. It's not what others think in terms of a reputation. It's not what uh, wealth we accumulate. Paul says, no, no, allow your gaze, allow your perspective to be filled with the prize that is Jesus. See, this prize that is Jesus is all about it redefining our life. You see, it's a life that is defined by relationship. 
That's because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He offers us the fullness of a life that is all about how we relate to God. That we relate to God as, as we've celebrated this morning, as our Father. That Jesus, as our older brother, who's out for our best. The Holy Spirit, who's coming and living within us in order that we'd know this family that has always existed eternally, Father, Son, and Spirit, we're now caught up in. And this relationship is therefore to define us. That Jesus says, I'm calling you into more of this, that you get to know it now, you'll get to know it fully when you finally see me, and that daily is this invitation to enjoy more of this relationship we're caught up in, a relationship that's all about love and acceptance. You see, Jesus not only offers us his life of relationship, he also offers us a life of identity. That actually you and I are no longer defined by what we've done or could do or what we, how others perceive us or what we put our hands to, but rather we're defined by the reality that Jesus has afforded us, that we are forever, eternally, unconditionally loved by God and accepted by him. And as you and I begin our journeys of understanding more and more what it means to be daily engulfed by this love that actually we could spend the rest of our lives trying to seek out the dimensions of its height, width, depth, and uh, breadth, and we never get there because there's always more to discover. Paul says, oh, no, this is the prize that's to fill your gaze, one that shapes your relationship, one that shapes your identity, that this is who we are. But it's also to be one that shapes our purpose. That actually, this life that Jesus offers as our prize is one that gives us a purpose on earth. That we get to be those that are here uniquely placed in many, many different areas of society to reveal how good God is. It isn't that we live thinking, I wonder when one day God's gonna call me to something. No, it's daily waking up thinking, God, what a privilege to be where I am, living in all of the complexities that this life has to offer in order that I get to reveal the wonder of who Jesus is. See, Paul says we're to live as those, understanding this prize we have in Jesus, that Jesus affords us this life that's all about relationship, identity, and purpose. And Paul says, it's not that I've got hold of this, it's actually that there's more to have. In actual fact, I won't fully understand it until I see Jesus face to face. See, I'm fully completed. And in that moment on the finish line, as we see Jesus face to face, we realize that everything we'd known was just a bare reflection of the fullness of relationship we now understand, the fullness of identity we get to enjoy, the fullness of purpose throughout eternity of being with God. He says, but up until that point, the daily invitation is to live characterized more like it, pursuing, running after this prize that is Jesus and the life that he affords you and I. Paul therefore says, it matters therefore how we run. And he first, he kind of talks about some ways of how we're not to run. He says, look, when you run in pursuit of Jesus, forget what is behind he says, there's a way that we're not to run in our pursuit of Jesus. Well, what does that mean then? What are some of the ways that we need to forget what is behind? Well, here are just a few that I think are helpful to not have our eyes fixed on as we pursue Jesus. The first one is this, looking back. 
He looks very jolly, doesn't he, this guy, running back. The challenge of running continuously looking back is at some point you will fall over because you will not see what's ahead of you. See, the challenge in looking back is often we can find ourselves looking back to, I don't know, the moment where it was like, man, if you'd known me here five years ago, like the Adrian Hurst five years ago, man, he was amazing. Like the intimacy he knew with God, the things that he was doing, that was amazing. Adrian Hurst, five years ago, you should have known him. Paul encourages, no, no, don't run. Reminiscing, don't run. Fixated by some success of the past. No, run, fix your sight on Jesus. But it's not only forgetting, looking back, I'd say it's also not running way down. Now, how many of us are trying to pursue Jesus and yet weighed down by the guilt of what we've done or the shame of what someone's done to us? That's not how we have to run. That what Jesus affords us is a life of forgiveness, a life of honor, forgiveness that deals and cancels guilt, honor that cancels shame in order that you and I can live, not weighed down thinking, how can I make it through today, but liberate it. It's just that we're not to run spectating. See, sometimes we can just get our gaze off the prize of Jesus and suddenly think maybe it's about that thing. And that thing might be good, but if we're not careful, suddenly we forget we're in a race, a run after Jesus, and we find ourselves here just merely spectating what's going on in that and consumed with what we've got here, our reputation, our possessions, our relationships. The good, but not the best. Maybe it's that we're here today and we say, hey, I'm, I am a spectator. I'm just looking in. I, I'm trying to work out what this whole thing is about, of what it looks like to live with my life centered on Jesus. Well, the invitation to you is you don't have to spectate this. You get to join in. Maybe it's not spectating. Maybe it's comparison. That our looking back is actually us continuously comparing ourselves to those that we're running with. Am I, am I doing better than them? Oh, no, no, they're way behind me. Look at me. Man, that's not it. What I love about Paul's illustration here in terms of the race is it's not a competition. It's actually just understanding you're all in it, you all get the same prize, therefore you get to spur one and on, not kind of compare one another. Man, are we running with some of this stuff that we just need to forget? Paul then says not only how we're not to run, he then says how we are to run. He says we're to press on towards. To press on means that we have to take action. It means that it takes effort. Now in this, I want us to understand that this isn't suddenly me changing gear of us saying, hey, we're in this community that's founded on God's grace, it's unconditional mercy and love. We're in this community which now is empowered by the Spirit, but hey, but it's down to you. No, this isn't that. It's actually out of understanding that we get to live liberated by God's unconditional love and grace and mercy towards us, that we get to live liberated by the Holy Spirit who's longing to empower us. We then get to take every day by its heels and say, I get to pursue Jesus today throughout everything I do, empowered by the Spirit. 
And it's that that we're going to be looking on because it's that that allows us to live with pace every day of saying, hey, I'm going to build these blocks into my life to ensure that I'm pursuing Jesus with everything I've got. And what we're going to look at is an inward way of doing it, an outward way of doing it, and a together way. Inwardly, it's about study, prayer, fasting, and meditation. Outwardly, it's about simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And together, it's about confession, communion, and celebration. Now, for some of you thinking, man, I know this stuff, great, but we need to know more. For others of us, we're maybe thinking, man, this seems like hard work. No, no, it's not hard work. This is a way for us to put blocks and pace in our life in order that we pursue this wonderful prize. Who is Jesus? Who will shape our lives into what it's meant to be? Therefore, I leave us with this question. How are you and I running in pursuit of Jesus? Got two minutes, and then I'm going to introduce Abby, who's going to take us into the first building block of pace of study. But before we get there, in that two minutes, what I want us to do is just say, hey, do you know what? This is where I felt God put his finger on me today. This is where I'm starting to look back and I just know I need to change this. Or maybe it's, hey, I know that I need to pursue Jesus more in this. And now I'm going to ask us to do something we wouldn't normally do, and that is we're now going to talk to someone else at this point. Now, we love talking, but we don't tend to like to talk about this stuff where we have to be a bit vulnerable and say, hey, this is what it looks like for me. And I'd ask you, just encourage you, just turn to someone near you and just say, hey, this is where I'm at. Where are you?